0: Well, welcome back. It is week five, and for five a and six a teams, that means it's week one. everybody's here, <laughs> everybody's playing, and we have a lot to talk about on this edition of debrazzas sports preps cast and before we get into that um i'm I'm your host Jeff Perkins, with my fellow Eagle colleagues Alex Miller and Abigail Ochoa. Glad to have you back uh this yes. week yes,
1: thank you, yeah
0: um and we abigail and i this weekend we didn't actually cover any games last weekend because we all week we were working hard on our special high school football preview tab um that is come that came out today it's wednesday uh so if if it's still wednesday and you're listening to this be sure to go pick up a copy of your eagle and if it's not wednesday then I guess, call, I guess call the Eagle office and see how you can get a copy of it because it, it's, it's pretty good, uh, and, and, I'm, and we're pretty proud of it here at the Eagle. Um, but Alex was on location in Centerville uh, for kind of a statement game for the Tigers, I think. Uh, I was expecting it to be close, and it really wasn't. They really came out and, and got it done.
2: Yeah, I mean, from the first snap, I mean, it was defense that really won the game for Centerville. They had, they, they caused four turnovers. Uh, Westwood fumbled the ball on the first play of the game, and immediately it, it, it was Centerville's night. I mean, they, they were rolling the big win for sure. I mean, Palestine Westwood, they were 381. So, Centerville playing up an entire classification, not even one division, but two. And, you know, Defense, like I said, four turnovers. They came up with a goal line stand. It was pretty epic. They Westwood had fourth and goal at the four and ran to the left, diving for the pylon, tackled him at the one yard line. I mean, it was it was pretty it was pretty good. Uh, Paxton Hancock, great game. He had 166 yards, and that was big because Caden Dunn, he was limited for Centerville with his right hand. He was wrapped up. He was injured, but he still got into the action. Uh, didn't go in on offense until the second quarter, but he played a lot of defense, made some big plays on that side of the ball. Freshman Andrew Newman, he had a big night early on, felt, got got an interception, scored a touchdown, but he left the game late in the first half with an injury. Didn't really get an update on that, so I'm not too sure, but he's been pretty solid at instant impact player for Centerville. And here we go now, Centerville—they're closing non-district play this week with a big game. They're be- they're playing at Brimond both teams are really hitting their strides after week one losses each have won three in a row so this is not only a big game for Centerville but it's a big game for Bremond I mean this this is really uh this is really going to be one of the better area matchups uh, of the week so yeah that that's what I have to report from Centerville
0: and uh kind of a lot of different things to unpack there mainly Centerville's not afraid I'm not afraid to play freshmen they get their they oh. get their best kids on the team I know Last year, Hancock was a bit of a revelation to us. Uh, he, yes, he came in and played a lot as a freshman, and looks like he's continuing to to you know do well for for them this year. I think he's been on our Player of the Week poll a couple times already this this year, including last yeah. week for that 166 yards, and then I think on defense had like 10 tackles and you know uh, maybe a pass deflection or a or a rush to pass or a hurried or a quarterback hurry or whatever. I can't remember, but I, I know he made an impact on both sides of the ball. And then one thing I wanted to ask you, too, uh, how does Brant Robert look? Brant Roberts look at quarterback. I, I I feel like he can maybe add another dimension for them, of course, transferring over from Rudder.
2: Yeah, I mean, they only threw the ball, I think, like five times. Uh, Centerville, they're their where you in a team. But, yeah, and not only Brant Roberts, he, he's, he's got an arm, he can make some plays, but they've got a great receiver in Dylan Denman. I mean, that dude just makes plays. Uh, the the first touchdown of the game was a touchdown pass to Denman. It was about a 40 yarder, I believe, and it, it was. They went for it on fourth down, uh, and they rolled left on a play action. Denman caught a pass over a corner, broke a tackle, and raced into the end zone. I mean, it was a spectacular play. So yeah, not only is Brent Robert, uh, he he has he has a good arm. He's got a guy he can throw to that can make some plays and I remember going out to Centerville last year a couple times Dylan Denman made some plays in the passing game and he hadn't stopped so yes uh, Centerville run where you a team but they can throw the ball they've got they've got talent out wide too
0: It's it's been been a couple of years since they made a, a run to like say the the core I think the quarterfinals was 2017 is their deepest run here recently maybe they can maybe they can kind of make make another run here they seem to to have good players in, in just about every spot.
1: I think Bremond, you know, playing them this week will be a good kind of measuring stick as well. Cause you know, Bremond, after that first loss against Normandy at home, um, where Normandy kind of was able to stop their defense um, and, you know, had Hardy running all over the place. In a real, obviously last week, their defense came out big for them. Um, Hancock, like we mentioned, um, was kind of the guy for them on the ground. So, it, you know, you know, Frank, Bremond will be back, you know, back at home. And um, I'm sure they're going to kind of want to um, maybe redeem themselves for that first loss that they had after winning three straight um, and go into district like that. Um, but it'd be interesting for sure to see, you know, Cinevro coming off this high almost uh, of winning last week and, and going into Bremond.
0: And Bremond took care of business last week, I think, against Dawson, right? Mm-hmm. 24, 24 13. Uh, I think. Yes. We have a bunch of good two-way teams this year, I think, and that's not that's not totally unusual. But like Norman G looks really good this year. <laughs> you mentioned the Bremon win; they yeah uh, beat the brakes off a of Love Lady last week, fifty to 40, fifty to fourteen, I think. Yeah, offense doesn't look like it's slowing down. Uh, Snook looks. I mean, they, they won their first game this week, but they've looked pretty good. Their defense looks good. Uh, they've had some close close losses. Um, in Iola, after a season season opening loss, beat Burton this week in their district opener. So lots going on in, in two way. What stood out to you guys?
1: Um, well, like you said, Snook was a good one. I mean, they finally got that win that they've been looking for. Um, we've talked about it in the past. You know, they've been not. I mean, they've been losing, but not necessarily bad games. I mean, it's not like they're playing bad. Um, so for them to be able to get that win, I think stood out to me as well. Um, I think that might have been – that might have been the only game that really stuck
2: out. Um, yeah. Two, two games for me, uh, Rockdale, they got rocked by Belleville. I think they lost 42-14. to 14. That, That's a tough loss for Rockdale. Yeah. We said last week that that was going to be a tough matchup for them. And, yeah, I mean, big loss. The, the week after the really close loss to Lexington, that really good game – uh, not a lot going on offense for the Tigers last week. Uh, they get McGregor this week. So, winnable mm-hmm. game there. Can they get back on track, or is are they in a lull? I I, I would expect Rockdale to get back on track, but, yeah, that, that was a tough loss for them last week. And yeah. then, Hey, how about Franklin uh, finally getting a win? Big nights from Seth Spiller, Bryson Washington, our player of the week. Uh, and here come the Lexington Eagles. Uh, big test. I think, Abigail, you're going to be there. Yeah, uh, in Franklin this week. So yeah, in in Lexington, you know they're well rested. They didn't get to play last week. Cameron canceled the game due to players having COVID. So, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a big game up in uh, Robertson County on Friday.
0: Yeah, I think getting back to Franklin, the, the Franklin side of it. Uh, Troy's Troy is Troy is not a joke. Uh, Troy won right. that that insane district last year uh, with Rockdale and Cameron. Troy kind of – I think everybody expected last year that to be a two-horse race between Cameron and Rockdale, and it was a two-horse race for second because Zach Herbacek and that Troy offense ran over both of those teams last year. Um, so, you know, now, again, you, you – I don't want to say contained Zach Herbacek because he had a good game too. I think he had over 200 yards against Franklin – uh, on not very many carries but you know you limited that offense to 27 points and now here comes Jared Kerr and you know we've seen what he can do so it'll be another really good test here uh, I think that's their last non-district game right for Franklin or are they in the same district as Lexington?
1: Um no I believe it's yeah. a non-district yeah, yeah.
0: so uh, yeah again I think that this is kind of a theme that we've seen this season is all of these like really good three, a teams are like all scheduling each other playing really tough mm-hmm. opponents before the season. And now we're kind of seeing what they're made of heading into district. Um, so that brings us to five, a and six, a getting started this week. And you know, I feel like we've already just gone through a whirlwind of topics and teams uh, discussed a lot. And there's no shortage of, of, Good topics and storylines here uh, for Col- Consol, College Station, Brian, and Rudder. We'll start with Consol just because they they go for – they're up first. Uh, they go 7 p.m. Thursday at Waco University, that nice Waco ISD Stadium they have up there. Good press box. So I'm, yes. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy that. Um, but I think this is a – you kind of mentioned uh, Rockdale looking for a get-right game against McGregor. This is a not so much a get right game as much as it is a what do we got game, uh, because I don't I don't think anybody outside of of that locker room really knows what the Tigers have. I think everybody still has high expectations for them. I do. Uh, I, I think they're, you know, probably not going to be quite as talented as last season. It'd be hard to be that, but you know we've seen we've seen what Lee Fedora built at Navasota and he took over a really good program already from David Raffield, and so you just kind of expect holes to be filled with uh, with new athletes, but you don't really know until you see it.
1: Yeah, I know, um, obviously, like you mentioned, they're pretty, um, you know, they're trying to fill these holes. They're a little bit, you know, getting these new faces in there. I, I know you talked to Fedora um, this week for the preview. Did he kind of does he expect it to be kind of a steady race to get started or does he want to kind of start a little bit faster, quicker? Um, what was he kind of thinking about that? Well,
0: especially when it comes to offense, there's nothing slow about what Lee Fedora wants. Lee, uh, the, the Tigers and the Cougars for that matter, they're going to be pushing the tempo, uh, from the get go. Uh, so, but I think what really stuck out to me is in both years where There has been a presumptive new quarterback. So Mm -hmm. under Lee Fedora, so like the first year when uh, 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 Caden Fedora ended up being the starter, um, you know, I talked to Lee, coach, or yeah, I talked to Lee, and he was like, you know, we're you know we have a competition. All the guys look good, and not going to make a decision. And then last year, when Paul was technically the new starter, but like like he'd already had starting experience and he was the clear front runner it was still like oh you know he he has to earn a starting spot like we're not going to give it to him and and this year was a little bit different I'm not saying that he that Fedora is handing Kyle Willis the starting job but (laughs) this year Kyle Willis comes in as the guy who's had a little bit of game experience not as much as Paul had before he took over but he's been in games and so you think he have the, the leg up and Fedora just told me, you know, he's the starter right now, which really kind of surprised me. So I think they have a lot of confidence in Kyle Willis. I can tell you from the little I've seen of him, he has a big arm. He came in, I think the most extensive playing time he got last year was against Cleveland uh, in the, in the regular series, mm-hmm. the regular season finale. He came in and threw a 40 yard touchdown on his first, first snap. So we know he has the arm. It looks like he has uh, the accuracy. I think He completed seven of 10 passes last year. So uh, it's just going to be about getting used to that and finding out who he's going to be throwing the ball to. Because when I asked Fedora about that for the preview, he gave me a list of about 15 names uh, for receiver and defensive back. So I think they're just trying to figure out where everybody fits. And I think this Waco University game, the Trojans aren't as – bad as they were when they were in the same district as and college station. Like they, when they were on like a 40 something game losing streak, uh, they've since broken that. And uh, they they're better than they were as a program, but I, I still don't think that they'll be able to, to compete with Kinsall for four quarters. So I think this is kind of a good jumping off point to start figuring that out.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, with so many unknowns for console what a what a great game to have for your season opener. You go on a road environment, so that's gonna to be tough. Uh you need you need guys to step up. It's a winnable game. It's a game they're probably gonna win. So yeah, it's gonna be a chance for them to find their identity in a live game setting. So and we know Coach Fedora is a great coach. So uh tomorrow Thursday is going to be a a good a good measuring stick for console to see where they're at personnel wise.
0: Right, and I think uh, defensively is where they have the most experience coming back on on both – actually both lines. The offensive line has three returning starters in Barton Melder, Cole Watson, and uh, Rhett Larson, I believe. Uh, so all of, all of them, they're big kids. It's going to be a big offensive line uh, with some experience, which is – it's kind of the flipped – Split from last year uh, because last year they had all those skill guys coming back and they had to figure out who was going to slot into where for most of the yeah. offensive line. And this, this year, the offensive lines kind of got that experience that experience. the rest of their offense lacks. But um, on defense uh, that front seven's pretty experienced. Cause you return Jane Thomas, soft, uh, ju- junior was sophomore last year, junior defensive end came on strong at the end of last season. Uh, Eric Goodman, kind of burst onto the scene at the start of the year, uh, had a pick six, I believe from his defensive tackle spot was like the first time I was like, who is this cat? Uh, Like I think second or third game of the season. And he really kind of continued to get better and better. He's back. They're moving Vince Sheffield from the defensive line. He's going to be taking over for Mikel Williams at middle linebacker. And he has that elite combination of, of size and speed to, where he could really compete all over the defense, except for you probably wouldn't put him at corner, but I bet you if they wanted to, they could put him at safety. So, you know, they've got they've got really good pieces on defense to build around, and it's just going to be figuring out who those skill guys are going to be, even on defense in the secondary, because they're replacing the four starters from last year.
2: Yeah, that's got to make it feel good that they've kind of got some guys like Sheffield and some experience on that D-line to where, You know, there are unknowns on offense, but they can kind of lean into those anchors on defense to help out.
0: Uh, And so that's going to be, again, that's going to be at Waco ISD Stadium, 7 p.m. Thursday. Um, So keep an eye on that score. uh, And I'll I'll be there covering that. So you can follow for updates on that at Perkins underscore eagle. Uh, I'll have that for you. Um, And then I think this moves us to probably our our local area game of the week in Hutto at College Station. Yeah. Uh, These two teams have a little bit of history. They played in the playoffs early in College Station's history. I think probably their first or second year eligible for playoffs. Both of these teams have dynamic offenses.
1: Yeah, you know, College Station is losing some people, you know, Austin Sosa, Kobe Cashin, um, Trey Wynn, people like that. Um, but they are coming back with a good, strong, you know, junior, sophomore class um, from last year. Um, you know, they still have Roderick Brown, at running back, um, Will Henson, tight end. Um, and, you know, these veterans, are going to be really important this year to kind of um, get everything going, especially the offense. Um, you know, I talked to uh, Steve Huff uh, earlier that, last week, um, and he was saying, you know, against Temple and their scrimmage. Um, you know, in the beginning, the offense was... Um, Trying to get stuff together, it was they were kind of lost a little bit, um, and it got better towards the end. They started to get you know snap back a little bit and get back in there. Um, so it'll be um, interesting to see kind of how they open up. They'll be at home, which I'm sure will give them you know they'll be comfortable there. Um, but it'll be important for the offense to kind of come out um, and, and you know with with Jet Huff now as a starting quarterback, um, taking over a little bit. I know. Um, Coach Huff said that, you know, they might put in Kyle Wash and Lucas Thanson kind of throughout. Um, but right now, Jet is the guy that they're going to start. And, of course, um, he does have some experience from past seasons. Um, so, so that'll be kind of interesting to see um, those changes being made.
0: Yeah, and Alex, I want to shoot it to you real quick. Um, I, I, this is a bit of the opposite of the console game. An inexperienced team uh, coming in and needing to kind of gel With College Station, it's an experienced team that needs, that's wanting to take that next step and they've got a playoff opponent right off the bat. Is it time to unleash Jet Huff?
2: Yeah. I mean, you said it. I mean, this is, this is going to be a playoff atmosphere week one. Hutto, Hutto is a very talented team and yeah, it's time. Like this junior class, it's one that we've heard about. It's one that we've talked about. It's one that we saw glimpses of last year and now they're upperclassmen and, you know. Maybe they, they are just juniors, but they're the guys that College Station's really leaning into. You know, Roderick Brown's a senior. He's carrying the full load now. Uh, Colby Cashin's gone. Um, I, I'd be willing to bet money that the first play that College Station runs is 22 power. Yeah, I would say uh, power
0: right. Like, yeah. Like it,
2: power right. If Stoney Pryor's listening to this, I, I'm willing to bet money that that's the first play they're calling. That's their bread and butter. I mean, power O. Oh, run offense, spread it out, throw the ball, nickel and dime down the field, take a shot. I mean that that's college station's game. And they need Roger Brown to be solid. And yeah, I think it's it's Jet Huff's time. And he he knows this offense better than anybody. His dad is the head coach. He works with the quarterbacks. Jet has been around that system for years. And now it's it's his turn. Um he he is he is the starter. And he's got his crew, uh, his guys around him, and yeah, it, it's go time for College Station. And this is a great test right out the gates. Hutto, um, playoff caliber team, like we've said. There's some history between the two schools, so this is a great week one measuring stick in the non-district slate for College Station. And we're gonna we're gonna find out what the Cougars are made of right out right out the bat.
0: Abigail, I want to wrap up this discussion with you and the defense. But before we get there, um, it's just hard not to draw some parallels. I'm not predicting a state championship for the Cougars just yet, but it, it's it's really difficult to ignore the parallels because you have an athletic quarterback in Jet Huff with a with a pretty strong arm, uh, and you have what looks like a bell cow running back uh, with Roderick Brown. You know, you'll probably mix in some other guys, but. You know, Data Anderson was their guy in 2017. He handled he handled the rushing load, and it's looking like Roderick Brown can do that for, for College Station. And then you have a really big, tall receiver out wide uh, in Houston Thomas, just like Jalen Campbell. So you have those pieces on offense, and and you've got you've got some you know college college level players on that offensive line as well. Uh, so that uh, that offense is is really looking good. Uh, have you what did you talk to Steve Huff about with as far as the defense goes, Abigail?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, obviously they like, you know, kind of like the offense They did lose a couple of guys that, you know, uh, you know, that were big guys for them. But um, I think kind of the same thing. And they're coming back with these strong guys that they've built up since they were, you know, freshmen, sophomores, um, juniors last year. And um, they're going to kind of go with that. Um, He didn't really honestly give me too much um, about the defense. You know, it was more of kind of seeing what the offense is going to do with the little changes that have been made there. Um, and to see if they could get in a groove maybe faster than they did in the first game. But I think that also probably comes with a little bit of like rusting or wiping off the dust of, you know, not having played in a while and things like that. Um, So that's kind of what he gave me. But I think um, the focus was kind of more on um, how they're going to do offensively um, with the little changes that were made this season. Uh, But he did say that they, uh, this summer, really helped them with their team chemistry. that's a really big thing right now. You know, he said, these people, you know, these kids are gelling together. They've been playing together since they were little Um, and this is their time to kind of shine, you know, after having, you know, been, you know, the underclassmen and now they're the leaders now. So, um, you know, he said that they want to play tough teams first. They want to play tough 6A teams Um, because if they can't do it, then if they can't see those, um, you know, they can't be in those situations now, then, later down the season when they are in those tough situations, you know, playoffs or whatever, um, it's not going to help them. So, um,
0: Yeah, I know we saw last year, it took, it took the Cougars a while to get used to playing, uh, you know, at the, at the level of defense that we're accustomed to seeing from them. They, they had some rough games defensively at the start of the season. Um, can't remember the, the Fort Bend team that they played to open the season last year, but it wasn't, it wasn't pretty for that defense. But by, by the end we did, we did start to see glimpses of that uh, really strong defense that we've seen from them. So yeah, we'll, we'll see if they can build on that. And like, like we've talked about, Hutto is a, a pretty good opponent to start <laughs> with and, and, and kind of see what that defense is about. Um, another team, that has had historically good defenses, uh, or at least under Ross Rogers last year struggled in that department at times, uh, Brian, uh, they start their traditional, their uh, tradition of playing Waller to start the season. Uh, I think this is their fifth year straight to play him in non-district and probably their fourth straight to play him in the season opener. Uh, of course we know uh, Ross Rogers history with, with Waller, coach there in the in the '70s and '80s, uh, for a stretch, uh, and we we've kind of talked about this is a year for the Vikings to kind of figure out how they can get back on track after a, a couple down seasons in '6A.
1: Yeah, I know. Um, I believe most of their offense is coming in kind of new um, this year. Their offensive line. Um, I, I know Norman G kind of have the same thing. Um, going on but I mean as we saw from them early on it seemed like it was okay Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see in in these first few games whether they're able to kind of gain confidence in that area where they may be lacking a little bit um, or if they maybe fall a little bit and have to come back up but they do like you said they have a lot of people coming back um, quarterbacks receivers um, some good running backs as well Um, but I know uh, just from reading our previews um, that you know Rodgers was excited to be kind of in this district where maybe it's more level. You know, these, these teams are coming off of similar seasons that they are two or four something records. Um, So that will be really cool, but their offensive line I know is the little, is a little new this year.
0: Yeah. They have a few pieces, uh, important pieces, namely Nico Bulhoff coming back Mm -hmm. and and Dwayne Paul Hill. Um, But overall, I feel like the, the Vikings are very young. Uh, very inexperienced and I think these first four games are going to tell us a lot about this team that we don't know a lot about I feel like these are winnable games I think they beat Waller five or four or five straight times uh here in the last few years so uh I if they if they don't play well in these in these first four games I think it's going to be a pretty long season uh for the Vikings um but I, like you said, the district does benefit them a little bit. I think, I think it's roughly the same overall as Cyprus. Right. But I think that the familiarity that that both Rogers and yeah. and Brian just the schools have with those the temples and the Colleen schools,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think that I think what well, I think that will benefit them more than than you know having to play against you know a bunch of teams that not only they don't know a lot about but nobody does because they're brand new because it seems like a new cypress school pops up every (laughs) so yeah i think overall this is a benefit to them and i and again like consol we're going to learn a lot more about the vikings here in the first few weeks of the season
2: Yeah, and I think it's important, you know, they get out on the right foot, not only for their sake and the trajectory of the season, but, you know, next week they have a tough road game at College Park, the Woodlands. Um, So it, it, it it doesn't get easy after week one. And like you said, Waller's a winnable game. They're playing down to 5A, and it's a team they're familiar with. So a week one win could go a big way for Brian just starting out the gate
0: uh, and, uh, I think Rich, Rich will be taking care of that one. Oh, um, Travis, Travis Brown, uh, our, our Aggie, yes. Aggie, one of our Aggie riders will be at College Station for Hutto at College Station. So he'll get a good one. Uh, you can follow him at, uh, it's at Travis underscore L underscore Brown, right?
1: Yes. Yes. Um,
0: and then, so he'll, he'll be hitting it up at College Station Hutto and, writing a a story right quick and then heading over to give you coverage of the virtual midnight yell so uh you can follow him for all of that on friday night that's at 7 p.m friday at cougar stadium and then waller at waller will be coming to brian that'll be 7 p.m friday at merrill green which brings us to our last 5a 6a game of the week for us for our area will be Rudder at Bastrop 7 p.m. Friday at Bastrop Memorial Stadium, where I will be. Um, and I feel like more than any other non-district game over the last few years for Rudder, I feel like Bastrop the last two years are kind of, for Rudder, the ones that got away. <laughs> Winnable games, especially last year, they lost by one point last year, I think, maybe two. and you know, a team on a similar level, same classification, you know, both just kind of on the outside of that playoff picture, trying to bust through. And I think this is the year that Rudder will finally start off the season with a win, <laughs> drop, get off on the right foot. And, you know, I think this season is set up more than anything for Rudder, for Rudder to finally make the playoffs. They've been so close the last, you know, most of the last four or five years, uh they've I think they've had three fifth place finishes in that time and obviously week one is never a must win but I feel like I feel like if they can win this game we'll be telling what do you guys think
1: yeah like you said they have a lot of people they have a lot of people coming back um the majority of the roster is they I'm sure they're hungry to make the playoffs this season. I mean, it's been building up to this, like you said, um, and I think they're really ready to get this going. Um, you know, Keith on Lee's back. Um, e- EJ Ezar, um, Coach Ezar's son is back. Um, he threw for 1,500 yards about last year. Lee ran for about 1,200. Um, you know, then they got Trey McClinton on the defense leading that way. Um, you know, they've proven that they can come back, you know, from large deficits in games, but I think it'll be – um, or from what I've heard from Izar, um, the focus would be on defense, trying to get, uh, you know, trying to bridge those gaps a little bit sooner than, you know, the second half a little bit here. Yeah.
0: And if you can get, if you can get games started to where you're not having to dig out of that hole, then yeah. when, you're, when your offense finds its footing, you know, in the second quarter, in the third quarter, then yeah. instead of, you know, trying to make up multiple possessions, you're, you know, getting a lead and, and, and then keeping it late in the fourth. So again, I think they have, they have the horses, especially on offense with EJ Ezar and Keith Ron Lee. And I think that you, you mentioned the successful season Ezar had last year. He, I'm pretty sure he was the uh, newcomer of the year last year. For that, for ten, five, eight.
1: I I, I believe so. I can't remember I, really. it
0: was, and I think again we've talked we talked about it. You got to put Keithron Lee on the short list for MVP candidates. That uh, he's so explosive when they get the ball in his hands. You know, it, it's kind of like kind of like uh, like Darby last year or Nate Floyd last year for Consol, even Devin Price, uh, who's just a, a big kid with speed. Like you want to find ways to get the ball in their hands. Because that's, I mean, that's how you're going to win games. And for Rudder, I think that Ezar to Keith Ron Lee connection is going to be their bread and butter. And they just got to find, you know, the pieces in the running game to kind of complement that. Um, but again, it all it all starts with this game that seems to just give them trouble every year. And, you know, with Rudder, you're looking for small things to change. And I think getting a win would be... A small thing to change that that could prove big result or could provide big results for them. You know, as far as confidence goes, building that confidence, and it's like, okay, well, if we can do this now, maybe we can do this. Yeah. Now. Uh, so, uh, I mean that that pretty much wraps it up for five for our five a six a games. Did we? You think we missed anything, or can you you got anything? Then we'll move on to Abigail's game, which probably is. 2A or 1 or sorry 1B in our games of the week for the area (laughs) because we've already touched on it in Lexington and Franklin what are you expecting uh you know come come game time you're going to be there
1: yeah I have a feeling my eyes are going to have to be glued to the field at all times with these two teams Uh, (laughs) I don't think I'm going to be able to like even look away but um you know Lexington, like we mentioned earlier, is coming off of, you know, they didn't play last week against Cameron um, because of COVID and stuff like that. Um, Franklin's coming off a big win over Troy, like we mentioned. Um, So having these two teams together um, should be a lot of fun. I know Lexington, obviously, we've seen it go both ways with teams who have had a week off, you know, in between, um, you know, non-district and things like that. Um, some some teams, you know, lose, aren't able to catch up as quickly. Some teams come out and, and dominate. Um, I think Lexington's going to be no different. I think they're going to be itching to get back out there and itching to, you know, score. I'm sure Kerr is, you know, dreaming of the end zone. But um, so I'm sure they're going to want to get back there. Um, Franklin has some confidence going in, though. They'll be at home. Um, Spiller and Washington had great games um, last week. I think they combined for about 450 yards um i know alex is there um but it it, it should be interesting uh, you know i don't think franklin and cameron franklin um they they had a hard time getting the run going against cameron and um they were able to stop them that way it wasn't it wasn't as close as i think uh maybe everybody thought the game would be um a couple of weeks ago but um this one for sure i think lexington is just going to come out they're going to be you know wanting to play, wanting to get back out there. Um, And I don't think it'll matter that they're on the road, you know, at Franklin. But um, it'll be a good one for sure. (laughs) Uh,
0: I'm thinking this is going to be like kind of like Lexington and Rockdale. We know those teams both have good defenses, but I'm not so sure that it's really going to matter this week just with all of the the power, the power running on Franklin's side and just the electricity that, that Kerr provides. I think there are past two players of the week in Kerr and Bryson Washington, mm-hmm. and you know, like we talked about with Franklin, Washington's going to get his fair share of the carries, but they also have another like thirty carries to split between you know three or four other guys that can run the football really well as well. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we've already talked a lot about this game, but you know, I, I would imagine a similar a similar game to to Lexington and Rock or yeah Lexington and Rockdale where. Mm-hmm it's not all offense, but it's mostly offense. And then, you know, maybe somebody steps up on defense to, to seal the game. Agreed. Uh, (laughs) Any, any other games stand out to you guys in the area?
2: Uh, I will be at Allen Academy. Allen Academy and St. Joe's are kicking off their seasons taps. They're getting started. Uh, Private schools. So, and, and that's a big game down at the six man level. I mean, you talk about a private school six-man game. Their cross division or crosstown rivals, um, Allen Academy. They they they've been building toward this season. They jump up to the Division One level in six A or six-man, excuse me. And you know they've got a strong senior class. They bring back all but one starter, their quarterback. So they're looking to replace the quarterback position, but they've got a guy that had some experience last year. He was also their running back and played receiver. So the Rams, they've got talent. St. Joe's, on the other hand, they're going down a division to division three. And, you know, they're looking to make a run. So this is going to be a high energy game. It's going to be personal. It's it's going to be uh it's gonna be a good one out of Baker Field and in Bryan.
0: And I think for me, one one game I'm looking at is Holland. I think I think it's at Hearn. Holland paying a visit to Hearn uh this week you know hearn we we talked about last week hearn is one of those teams that you know you you look at it on paper and they've got the horses and they play well on fridays and then they've just they haven't been able to get over the hump against holland and they haven't been able to get over the hump uh against oh man i i forget i forget the other team they've they've got through two straight third place finishes after that district title a few years back and then that's caused them to run into some uh, really tough teams in the area around where they've lost the past couple of years. And so when I talked to uh, Coach Sargent uh, last, last week for, for the season previews, you know, they're expecting a lot. He didn't make any, any excuses or any bones about it. You know, they're thinking state title, but to get there, you know, the first step is a district title. Uh, and then, you know, that's, so that's, that's what they're focused on right now. Uh, and, you know, this this is the game that they have to win to do that uh, because, you know, Holland's been the district t- t- district champion the last two years, uh, and I think, you know, they're the favorites coming in, so, you know, to, to be the best, you got to beat the best, and, and that's what we're going to see uh, if the Eagles can do that. Uh, I think that's pretty much everything we got this week. Uh, I think we, we hit on a lot of stuff, and I think we still made it in in about 40 minutes. I don't know how we did it, but – uh, so I think that's going to do it for us here on the podcast this week. Uh, quick before we go, uh, we all got games this week, so let's plug our twitters. Uh, Alex,
2: yeah, you can follow me at Alex Mill two L's twenty. Uh, I'll be out at Allen Academy covering the Rams against St. Joe's.
1: Um, I, you can follow me at at Abigail Ochoa eighty eight. I'll be at um, Lexington at Franklin,
0: and I will be at. Uh, at Waco for Consol Waco University, uh, and then on Friday I will be at Bastrop for Rudder at Bastrop. You can follow me at Jay Perkins underscore Eagle. I'll do my best to keep you abreast of of the games and 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 the goings on. Uh, but man, we're in for an exciting week of football. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about next week, and I can't wait.
1: <laughs> but until then, we'll be signing off, and we'll see you then.